the title to the message today is What Must We Now Do? What Must We Now Do? In an earlier message, we spoke at length about all the choices and the responses that some of these dear ones, Mary, Elizabeth, and Zechariah, mentioned here in the first chapters of the book of Luke, the choices that they made when they received this special revelation and special calling from God. And we observed how they responded and we agreed that they each made right choices, especially Mary and Elizabeth. Today I'd like for us to again consider some of the responses that we see being made in these scriptures and then consider the choices that you and I should make to the many opportunities that come to us. In other words, what must we now do? Listen to these words in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 6. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. This is Mary. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all of the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. A question that should always be present when we encounter something new or when we learn a new piece of information is what do I now do with this new information that I've learned? Some people are simply receivers of information and knowledge. They receive it, but then they do very little or nothing about it. Others are stimulated by the things that they learn, and they quickly go about putting it to use, not always in the right, wise, and prudent way, but regardless, they do act on the information that they've learned. And I believe that it can be said that unless and until a person does respond in some way to the information and knowledge that they receive, they'll never be able to truly know the real value of it. Now, as we've been examining these words of Scripture over the past few weeks, we've read about 
some very strange and wonderful and miraculous things taking place. And we have seen how each of the people involved responded to that newfound information and knowledge that they received. Some of it beyond anything anyone could imagine. Again, as we've said in chapter 1 of the book of Luke, we see where Zechariah was approached by the angel Gabriel telling him about the coming birth of John the Baptist. And we see his response. And we also see the response of his wife Elizabeth as she then becomes pregnant in her old age and then she bore a very special and wonderful son, John the Baptist, who would then later go out ahead of the Lord Jesus as a herald declaring his coming. And then we also see the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and telling her that although she is still a virgin, she will, in a miraculous way, conceive the baby Jesus, the Savior of all mankind. And then we see Mary's response to all that was taking place. She said, be it unto me, be it unto me, as you've said. And then over in the book of Matthew, we read about the way that Joseph responded as the angel appeared to him in a dream to tell him that his betrothed wife would bear him a son. Each person was hearing about strange and new and miraculous things that would take place in their lives and in the lives of their loved ones. And then we see how each of them responded to the new things that they had seen and heard. And now here, in the words of our text today, we see even more strange and miraculous things taking place. Angels appearing to common shepherds who were tending their flocks. And we see how those shepherds responded to the newfound knowledge that was given to them. Folks, listen. Having the right response to God as He presents His plans and His purposes to us is important beyond measure. We must never be found guilty of simply seeing or hearing the plans and the truths of God and then doing nothing with them. Because please know that doing nothing is as much of a choice as doing something. Doing nothing is as much a choice as doing something. And when it involves commands from the Lord, doing nothing is always, always a wrong choice to make. Yes, we're busy. We're busier these days than any other generation that's ever been before us. Husbands and wives both having to work in order to afford their living standards. Their children are involved in every kind of sport and every kind of teenage activity. Mothers and fathers running to and fro having so little time for real family and especially having no time left available for some new calling that God might put upon their hearts. But still, folks, the truth remains. When an unction comes to our heart that involves the Lord, doing nothing with that unction is always a wrong choice to make. Let me just say that again. When an unction comes to our heart that involves the Lord, and it may come to us in a church service, in a Bible study, just in a conversation with someone. When that unction comes to our heart, doing nothing with that unction is always a wrong choice to make. Now here in these scriptures for today as we observe these 
next ones and the strange and wonderful things that are taking place in their lives, we find that they also were making right responses to God. First, the angel that suddenly appeared to each of these people. Folks, I want to say this over and over again to us. Angels are the servants of the Most High God. And they do His every bidding perfectly. They are His messengers. They fly, as Scripture describes it, they fly on the wings of the wind. And they are often sent to you and me to help and to give us aid. Do you believe that? The Lord tells us so in Hebrews 1. There in verse 14 of Hebrews 1, He says, Are they the angels, not all ministering spirits, sent forth to minister to those who inherit salvation? That's you and me. That's you and me. These words are precious and they're comforting. All the elect angels are devoted servants of the Most High God, and they are sent to minister to all of those of us who are saved. Angels came to each of these dear ones here in these scriptures. And they also come to you and me, continually ministering to our needs. We can't see them, except perhaps during those times when we entertain angels unawares. But folks, we must never doubt, God's angels are all around about us, all of the time, ministering to us. Right at this moment, a question, should we ever ask those angels for their help? or give them some other instruction. There are some popular songs that tell us that. But I would suggest that we probably should not. We probably should not ask an angel directly for help. From all that I read in the Scriptures, angels only listen to the commands of God. So our petitions should be made first to God and then allow Him to command His angels. Note also that the angels are messengers bringing special words from God. In the Old Testament, the angels were the ones who ministered the law to the children of Israel. And also, as the Apostle John tells us in the book of Revelation, the angels in some way assist ministers of each of the churches, this church. And here in our scripture text today, we see that the angels brought messages of instruction to each of these dear ones. Mary and Elizabeth and Zechariah and Joseph. And then here in this text, we see the angels bringing their message to the shepherds. And also we see them doing what must always be done when the plans of God are spoken about. These angels just erupted into a course of praise to God. Folks, I confess, I do this often. I'll walk around my house and I'll suddenly be so taken in by all that God has done for me and for my family all of His provisions, how He's taking care of me and my house. And I erupt into this, praise You, Lord. Praise You, Lord. And that's what these angels did. Verse 13, Suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. As these angels praised God, they gave God the glory and the praise. And you and I must always do that. Too often we're thinking that someone or some organization did something. No, good and perfect gifts come down from the Father. But here in this message that these angels brought, they also brought a special announcement. They declared that peace and goodwill would come to the men and the women of the earth. 
Those words might have got lost to me on many occasions in my reading this. Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Those words can easily get lost just in considering the angels praising the Lord. But they're a real message from God. Peace and goodwill would come to men and women of the earth. Those are such meaningful words. And why? It's because mankind has been at enmity with God and with each other since the days of Cain and Abel. But with this new holy Son of God, He was going to bring peace and goodwill back to the sons of men. This holy one that the angels spoke about would break down all the barriers of sin that separate and divide men from God and men from men. Folks, anger and bitterness and frustration and hatred, they are so common to our personalities and so common to our generation of people. So common that we often don't even recognize that those awful personality problems are there within us. It takes only a moment of disagreement for anger to rise up to a fever pitch. And then men begin hurting and injuring others. And we hurt those especially that we love most. These words, peace and goodwill, they have deeply important implications for you and me. In Christ, God has given you and me and everyone who will receive Him the ability, the power, and the privilege to have peace and goodwill with everyone that we encounter. And peace is not just a feeling, as some would believe that it is. It is that, yes, but peace is better defined as being this complete state of being. The dictionary defines peace as being to be set at one again. To be set at one again. When you and I are in Christ, we are set at one with God. And we are then also then set at one with ourselves. Today, so many people struggle with things going on in their own hearts and minds. And they spend an untold amount of time with counselors and therapists and taking medication because they are not at peace with themselves. But Christ will give us that peace. Peace with Him, peace within ourselves, and then peace with other people. No separation. They are blessings beyond our imagination. And then also notice here this immediate response that the shepherds had as the angels left to go back to heaven. This shepherd said to one another in verse 15, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen Him, they made, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Here again, notice this word haste. The shepherds went with haste. We also saw that with Mary, as she went with haste to see Elizabeth. And we've emphasized this point in other messages, but I want to say it again. This matter of haste is such a very important point of wisdom for you and me. When God gives us a message or an instruction or a compulsion to go and to attend to a matter, you and I need to immediately go with great haste. We must not tarry. 
We must not question or wonder about the matter. God gives us an opportunity, and when he does, it most often will only be a one-time opportunity. And if you or I let it pass, we may never have that opportunity again. It would be lost forever. The shepherds didn't hesitate. They hastened to see this thing that God had done. And note here that God did not send his special angelic messengers to the kings of the earth or even to the priests or other church leaders. God sent his message to the common working folk of the world like you and me, the shepherds. And again, that's very important. It was part of God's new plan. His word, his message, his truth would be revealed to the common people of this world, working men and women like you and me. Yes, there would be established churches like this one, meeting places, but the real church would be in the hearts of the believers all over the earth, and it would be our calling and our responsibility to carry God's message on forward. That's why Jesus would later on say to his disciples the words that I read a moment ago, to go ye into all the world, preaching this gospel, witnessing and making disciples of all men and women. And these shepherds did exactly that. They had learned the good news, and then they went about the countryside witnessing to others about what they had heard. Those words again. Now when they, the shepherds, had seen him, the baby Jesus, they made widely known the sayings which were told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. All through these words that we've been examining today, we've seen responses that these dear saints had to new and miraculous information and knowledge that they had received. And so the question then still remains for you and me. What will we now do with the same information, the same new knowledge that we have learned from these scriptures today? God fully expects a response from you and me. No, we'll probably not be visited by heavenly host of angels or other such visitations as that. And my response and your response must be nothing short, though, of the same response these dear ones had. Our response must be nothing short of the same response that these shepherds had. You and I must go with haste. We must first learn of the Lord Jesus. And from there, we must faithfully go forth and share the good news with anyone and everyone who will listen. We don't have to be concerned about how those that we witness to will receive our message. Too often we get discouraged when we look into a person's face that we're telling about Jesus and there's a blank stare. You and I don't need to be concerned about how they receive that message. That's between them and God. God will work in their hearts. You and I have only to be faithful to carry His message on to them. So, two last thoughts before we close today. You and I dare not read and hear the truths of Scripture and then simply get up from here and leave, going back to being the same as we were yesterday. We dare not do that, folks. Each time that God speaks to us through His Word, we must do something with the things that He said. These truths are His unction to provoke us to love Him all the more and then to conduct the moments of our lives 
with the righteousness that he puts within us. And his truths should provoke our hearts to want to tell others about his wonderful loving care, to respond to his unction no less than these ones that we've been reading about here, these shepherds that returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard. These shepherds had been in the presence of God. Each time you and I gather this way, the Lord assures us that He is with us. Where two or more gather, He is with us. These shepherds had been in the very presence of God and they had heard the good news and they were changed by it. You and I should be changed every time that we read these words. So that's the answer to the question that I posed at the beginning. You and I are to go back into our families and into our workplaces glorifying and praising God for all the things that we've heard and seen. And folks, listen. If we don't take our religion, if we don't take this religion of ours back into our homes, back into our families and friendships and workplaces, then it will never be the good news that God intends it to be. That's our calling. And you and I must not fail. Let me close with these words. Now when the shepherds had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Let's pray.